Adults are responsible for teaching children how to observe the ways of their ancestors. In fact, God insists that adults talk to their children when they sit at home and when they walk along the road, when they lie down and when they get up. In other words, God is saying, don't mess up the children. African-American families are being driven further and further apart from each other to the extent that children, particularly those living in urban neighborhoods, are growing up without the benefit of having adults in whom they can confide. Consequently, African-American cultural values are at risk of being lost, like teaching children to respect their elders and saying thank you and no thank you and other forms of common courtesy. God is saying, don't mess up the children. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Boundaries Podcast, where the facts are the facts and opinions hurt people's feelings. Jay Willie F., as usual, but today we have a very, 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 very special guest to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like you to give a warm welcome to Liz. Lizzie or E. Elizabeth. Liz. Hey, Elizabeth. Because <laughs> it ain't real if you ain't saying A. Hey, I am that friend. I'm the hype woman. No. That's why my name that? is my name. Because uh, yes. I'm the hype woman. I say Some, somebody, hey. somebody has to be the crunk person in the group. That would be me. <sighs> Who do we have? It definitely ain't me. Uh, <laughs> I be hating on people. So be, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, look at that nigga. You think yeah, it, it, it's got to be trick or treat. That nigga be gassy. That nigga be gassing. Trick or Trey will go out and be out till four o'clock in the morning no, I ain't doing and that. have to go to work at seven. I'm not doing and that. will go to work at seven. On time. I won't be doing that. Manager managing the <laughs> store, half drunk, <laughs> executing flawlessly. Golly. No, thank you. Won't do it. <laughs> I, I've gotten, I thought, we, I was hearing people talk about depression. And like when people talk about like isolating themselves as a sign of depression, like you start isolating yourself, you start wanting to be away from people. And I'm like, there's many forms, there's uh, many ways. Of course, yeah. I, I just feel like as I've gotten older, it's like I don't need to be in these crowds of people that I don't fuck with or know like that. And then like we're all doing the same thing, and it's like people crave that shit. Like they have to go out. And I think the problem with that is a lot of times, and and I know that. This is, I don't want to make a blanket statement, but people, one of the first things I know, people that I know do when they're trying to fight depression, they want to jump into crowds of people. And for me, I feel like, I mean, if that's what you do, fine. But me, like, I'm like perfectly fine at home, chilling, taking a nap here and there, watching TV and like being on my own. And obviously that's not, that's not the prescription for everybody, but I, I do believe that um, it could be detrimental to your mental health if you're constantly like trying to crave like that high of being around people because I mean it gets stagnant after a while I would imagine I mean I know it did for me and like honestly when I hear about going out sometimes I'm like <laughs> I get anxiety I'm like golly I don't really want to go out that's why I just be like fuck it I'll either make an excuse or I just I just don't fucking go I mean I'm not as bad as you though Jay what do you mean <laughs> you're not as bad no, as me mean- Duh, you are the king of not showing up to shit. Oh, if I'm not, I've I've reached the level of maturity that if I'm not coming, I'm gonna let you know ahead of time. Yeah, that's that that's important. That is that is very like important. I, I'm not gassing people anymore. <sighs> I used to gas people up. Oh, and know from the moment, yeah, I'm flaking. I'm not. I'm coming. definitely not but coming. Now I've reached points like, nah, I'm I'm just not making that move. Be. That's cool. That's cool. I actually, uh, you know, 
obviously, you know, Liz is here, and I wanted to ask about, I guess, your level of privacy. Because you're the type of person that, I mean, even though you could follow you on social media, people wouldn't know that you go out. At times, I'm serious. Like, I, even when I saw you out that time, I was like, what the hell? Like, what is she doing out? She doesn't go out. <laughs> I mean, I guess you're kind of right. Uh, I, I guess because I was off the scene for a long time. Like, I didn't really go anywhere. I didn't really do anything. I kind of stayed to myself, like, or stayed in the house. Um, this year and um, a little bit, uh, this year has been really the year that I've really been showing my face. Oh, okay. So, um, I'm just now starting to, like, get out the house and be around my friends, like. Is it a level of comfort that you're, like, trying to break yourself into, or? Like... No, actually. Um, I'm perfectly fine with staying at home. Okay. Still. Uh, that really doesn't bother me much. I'm I love not spending money. <laughs> Boy, um, not that, spending money is life. Like that's the best. Like, I got every. I got food at home. I got weed at home. I got TV. I got music. I got speakers. I got my own party. Done it before. But um, when I want to be around my friends, like I think I do. I'm like that when I feel like my energy is just off. Like I'm like. Something doesn't. Something sitting right with me, and I need to be around some love. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. when I go see them. And it doesn't have so to necessarily year, be clubbing. It doesn't necessarily have to even be that. I can just say, "Hey, you want to come over?" Like, just like me and my homegirl just had lunch the other day, like shit like that. Um, when I'm like that, I'm just like, okay, yeah, I need to be around my like my people, like my family, like that's who I consider family. I need to be around them. Um, Shouts out to y'all, y'all know. <laughs> y'all know who y'all are. It's too many of y'all. Um, but um, yeah, I just I would much rather stay home. But honestly, if I need to be around some people, I'll let it be known. Like, yo, like I'm feeling kind of down. I need y'all to come through for your girl. And and it's not and it's not necessarily like an excessive amount of people, like you said. Just, no, just no, one no. on one. It could be one. It yeah. could be. 10 I don't care whoever yeah. shows up is whoever shows up love is it's love regardless yeah. but what's your but your default setting is it's laying in my bed with okay. my tea and my weed <laughs> <laughs> and it's, to me it's like it's almost like it's kind of getting hard to like tell like what people prefer like me personally like I feel like a lot of people that I've peeped these days they prefer to be with crowds of people like turning up and having a good time I I'm guess, adaptable you say what? I'm adaptable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can, if I'm out, I can definitely act like I go out all the fucking time. Even though everybody knows I don't. You tell everybody I've been out a go. lot, though, lately. I, like I said, this year, I've been out. I've been out a lot lately this year. I'm I'm happy about it, too, because I wasn't going nowhere. No. What, what, almost a whole year? Like two. Damn. Is that what your post was about? Yeah. Your post was it? So your post was literally about you not going out? Me not being around... Family, friends, me, my oppression, my the things I was going through mentally in the last two years. Yes, Man, that's tough. That's tough. And um, I mean, but I, I I can feel that because sometimes I personally feel like my family and friends they I'm not gonna say they don't care, but it feels like almost like they're against me. Like I'm trying to communicate how I feel about some things, and oh well, you just do this or you're fine. You you know it's like no, y'all aren't really listening to me. So therefore, since you're not listening to me. I'm just gonna handle this myself. Like I'm, 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 I'm tired of trying to give y'all the opportunity to help me. So I'm just gonna handle it by myself. Never mind. 
Okay, okay. I guess I guess this is my opportunity to kind of like link the intro to what we're talking about. Because like, when I'm thinking about the intro, I'm thinking about, you know, traditional parenting styles. Mm-hmm. Do you, it, it, for the most part, I mean, I don't think they, either, either of you would ever be considered depressed or when you were at your lowest moments, could you look back? <laughs> I know, Jay, I know, Jay. I just don't like to misuse that word because I really feel like people can self-diagnose themselves as being depressed, but when you actually reach that certain level of depression, that's a clinical diagnosis. Like I was actually diagnosed. You would see that makes a huge difference. Like some people just be extremely sad, and then they consider themselves depressed. Like no, I mean you might just need to get. A, you might either you you were in a shitty situation financially, maybe, and it, it had but you down. But that can make you depressed. Now, yeah. depression. Like, you really dealing full with fledged. it. Full-fledged depression is a totally different thing. Like, yeah, man, I've been, I was depressed for a little while. Like, you know, no. And when you say, like, no, I've been in a depression. Like, I've been going through it. Like, this isn't a game. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, I feel like I don't, I know that they're, they come from the same word, but to me, I feel like they have different meanings. And I, that to me, that's the perfect way to break it down. Like, it makes me, I, I understand it more because, when I hear somebody say it, I know that they're emphasizing the fact that, you know, shit was fucked up. For and that's a not moment. to take away from what anybody's going through. Of course, not. Just, I don't want to do you that. Know, I feel like, even though I know they come from the same word, they kind of have the same meaning, I guess. But to me, they just the infliction is different. Gotcha. For a long period of time, like it could be, could it be like one week, or does? Because like, I would know. I like, think it just depends on the person, to be honest with you. Ah, okay. I've had weeks. Then I've had months, and so I mean. And um, how how much did I mean you were diagnosed? How much did therapy help? Was was the um, I think I gotta find the right one. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. because uh, I haven't I haven't found anybody who I guess I feel like is really listening. Ah, okay. You know, it's hard. Yeah, like that, some that people, listener is, some is people tough. just sit there for the check, like and doodle on their little notepad. And some people actually really talk to you. Like, yeah. I've been seeing, I started seeing um, a psychologist when I was, I had to be like eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Her name was Roberta, and I always used to steal the candy out of the vending machine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I remember her. Like, obviously, you know, 20 some odd years later, like, I remember her. Um, she made a great influence on my childhood. Like, she helped me understand a lot of the things that I was dealing with as a kid. Um, I, uh, joined the Navy back in like 2008. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. I did not know that. That's a real random fact about me. That's um, interesting. But I got hurt like three weeks before graduation. So I got discharged. They said I was faking it and yeah. Wow. Cause they didn't want to, look, they didn't want to cut that check. Um, I was uh, I was just working out and I was doing my sit ups and I was like one, two. I didn't move like my whole body just shut down. Wow, completely could not move, couldn't do shit. And so I go to VA and they're running these tests like we can't figure out what's wrong. I'm like, fuck, like what the fuck is going on? So then. Um, they send me back. I'm laying down. I'm like, all right, well, we just have to tough it out for the next couple of days. About a week or two later, um, 
they have everybody go see the psychiatrist or whatever out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because boot camp is tough. Like they be yelling in your face and shit and going off on you about that uh-huh. shit. Like like that shit is tough. So they have like therapists and you know, everybody, you know, if you need to go talk to someone. So I will go and I'm talking and somewhere in our conversation switched up. I can't exactly pinpoint what it was, but the doctor I was talking to, he was like, have you ever considered that you might like be battling depression? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, no. He was like, just listening to, like, he was like, you know, I've been talking to you for a while and just listening to some of the things that you say. And, you know, that's something you might want to consider. And I was like, no, I don't think that's it. So we're still talking. And when I leave, I'm called back, like back to VA. I'm like, what the hell is going on? They're talking about I have post-traumatic stress disorder and depression, anxiety, all this shit. I'm like, what the fuck? Talking about I'm being discharged. What? So they told you you were being discharged, so why would they think you were faking? No, this was completely separate. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So one was a physical and then one, one was, was m- mental. mental yes. Okay, okay, okay. Damn. So that that decision is just jump up and want to go to the Navy. Like, that but was just. But something, when looking back, to be honest with you, something was telling me, like, I just, this might sound a little weird. I just considered that was God's way of telling, saying I didn't need to be there. Because when I got hurt, I almost got sent home, but I toughed it out. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And. Like, in hindsight, my brother actually ended up going to the Army, and he had the worst time. Really? It was horrible for him. Like, he was, it was horrible. Damn. So, like, looking back, I'm like, damn, like, I don't know what could have become of me. Like, maybe that's just, some people are built for that, and maybe that's just not me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I always think about Not to say that that depression is a blessing, but realizing (sighs) that I may have an issue here is something. Yeah, I mean, just fortunate enough to find out at an early age, too, because I mean. I was like 19. Damn, yeah, that's 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 wild. Like, yeah, that's definitely a random fact. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm thinking about the 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 yelling in at the boot camp and how tough they are on people. Like, were y'all raised in households that y'all were considered it was tough love? A lot of tough love involved, or no, 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 no tough love. No, no. I mean, do you I think that would work here and there? But no. Overall, it was a very nurturing environment. Yeah, very, and, and, I mean, they all. did some. My grandparents. My grandma in particular, God rest her soul, I love her. Uh, my grandma in particular did some shit, but like, she was just, I mean, grannies are wild. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I feel that. Yeah. For, all, for all the bad stuff that I did do, I didn't get in trouble for the majority of it. Yeah, that. Mm, okay, okay. And that's because you were in a female dominated environment? Because you some, it, some of that, some of being the favorite kid, favorite grandchild, you oh, know, shit. I got to I skate a lot. Born, shit. I was firstborn grandchild, firstborn niece, firstborn grandchild. My mom's first child, I was my grandma's first grandson. Like, she had granddaughters, but she hadn't had any sons. I was firstborn. Oh, okay. That makes a big difference. Yeah. I was last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was last. So, therefore, you didn't matter, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's what it felt like sometimes. No, no. I mean, my mom, like I said, man, my mom. Nigerian man and like they're that's what they're raised on they're kind of raised on that um we're not gonna call to you yeah like it was I mean my mom was tough my mom was tough and uh I didn't feel her really get softer until she got older 
And it was almost like, I can't do this anymore. Like, y'all are men, toughen the fuck up. You know, and I, I, I actually, you know, that one aspect for sure I appreciate. And I think that the difference between, you know, me growing up in that household versus, you know, people growing up in a, an African-American or black American household where, you know, we were talking about earlier about the door being closed. Um, both of y'all experienced the door being closed, right? Mm-hmm. And like me, the door was only closed in my mom's room, you know, when I was about to go to bed, like when she was about to go to bed. Because um, I guess even as a, as a woman, she had three boys in the house, so there was no need to close the door because at, at times I think that doors closed for a level of protection, but when you got three boys in the house, you feel protected. So I, I guess that's probably why she did it. I don't know why your mom. Maybe a level of privacy. You know, you have two kids. I mean, that's why I do it. You know, you, you, you know, it's, it's hard to, even in relationships and when you're, you know, have children that may, maintaining some kind of privacy when you're in the same household is, is kind of difficult. And, you know, sometimes you have to close the door to get that privacy for however long it is. Because I'm going to, I'm going to, as long as the door is open, I'm coming there asking my mom for random shit or I'm just coming in there just to hang out, you know? So oh, you okay. don't really have that privacy. I never had that type of relationship with my mom. Like, I didn't lay in the bed with my mom, um, which, 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 Effect, that that affected me, you know, growing up because like, I'm not a real affectionate person, and I feel like the the guys that are more affectionate with women, they're the ones that they were kind of like they had no problem laying in the bed with their mom or hugging their mom, giving their mom kisses, still saying I love you to your mom. Like I wasn't raised like that. Yeah. Like you know, I mean, and I don't, you know, as a woman, like I always hear women say that the moms are tougher on the girls. Is that how you? Is that what you experienced? Mm-hmm. So, so your brother had it easy. My all my actually all my siblings have it easy. Even my sisters, I'm like literally the only one that had a tough time. Like mm-hmm. she was on your ass. No, not really. Like that's the problem. Oh, okay, okay. It was ah, gotcha. so that's what I said. I had my grandparents and my aunt. I didn't really have her. Mm-hmm. But hmm. my aunt was on my ass. My grandmother was on my ass. My grandfather was on my ass. Like. I've had a couple bumps here and there where like I'm not where I like made certain mistakes throughout my lifetime where they'll be like but ultimately, you know, I can I can owe my upbringing to them. Okay, okay. So but if there's you... also six of us. Oh dang. So the door was definitely closed. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because like I don't just be I don't like I really feel like with me, my door is closed for the purpose of privacy. And like, I know in today's age, like, I mean, how much do people value privacy anymore? Like, like I, I, I think once think, I get more kids, then I'll start closing the door. Cause okay. Y'all don't have me to just play with y'all have each other. Each other. <laughs> true, <laughs> but true. if I just y'all have like one kid, outside. if I had like one kid, my, I'll leave my door open. Like, okay. You know, you want to come play with mommy? That's fine. Okay. But once we have a second, and third, okay, you little niggas go outside. Yeah, yeah but yeah. even with that, like, how much privacy do you have from your significant other, if any at all? I always said I wanted to get wanted my husband to get Amanda and me like a separate room so we can have <laughs> our own shit. I ain't never heard that before. Like, I I want a four bedroom house. Mm-hmm. One is for you know our bedroom. One is for the kid. The other two, a man cave or whatever you guys call it, in my own personal little room just for me. Right. Man, I, I think, I think, because I, I brought up man caves before, and 
the aspect, the the purpose of a man cave, I want to say in the 20th century, was it was almost like that Al Bundy effect. Like, I'm getting the fuck away from her because she's getting on my nerves. <laughs> and like, the woman... I mean, but that's what, even with you, when even when you're at work, if one of your coworkers piss you off, don't you want to get the fuck away from them? Like, Oh, definitely. Know? Definitely. So you go back to your desk where it's your space. Definitely. Your... I close my door. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. That's, I feel like that's how you should be in the house because if you plan on being with someone for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. people are changing every single day. Like that person that you married that day is not going to be that same person 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now. Like that person's going to change. And there's going to be things that make you want to knock them out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so oh, you yeah. need a room where you can go, where you can be like, I signed up for this. <laughs> I love you, but I don't like you right now. Yeah. I don't like you right now, and so I'm gonna go calm down. I'll be in here, you know. When you're done acting like a weirdo, <laughs> come knock on my door. And that's funny. Y'all basically beat me to what I was trying to get to. Like, I think that that's a realistic approach to marriage. I think nowadays people are forgetting that. Like, I'm I'm noticing more and more people have that smothering aspect to relationships now. Like. Motherfuckers don't want to give you no type of breathing room. And I'm seeing that a lot. It's like, man, I know y'all tired of each other. Like, y'all always under each other. Like, I don't think that any human wants to be under somebody that much. I don't know how they were raised. But at the same time, I feel like that space is so necessary. Especially in this environment. Like, where you where you, you are your own person. So, if you're, I mean, there is no way in the world that y'all are both into the same thing. Like, in and out like yeah. that is insane like I've been seeing these uh, fitness couples I'd be like god damn the gym for me is my personal space I'm, that's my man cave that's your I'm fortress gonna go to the solitude gym. if I had to bring my girl in there with me every time I, I think I'd go crazy and, and I think people like they overlook that cause they're so unless she just came in and she did her own thing you did your own thing but if yeah, y'all were like yeah. working together yeah. drive you crazy <sighs> every single exercise together that would make me insane even oh, if I yeah. came with you Every single exercise? No. It's, no. A, it's like um, last, last my last relationship I had. Like I remember we got into a big argument. And we, we were living in separate places. But, you know, I, I told her, you know, I'm coming over to your house tonight. You know, even though we had got into this argument, I still showed up. And she's like, oh, thank you for showing up. I know you're upset with me. And it's like, that. It's like yes, I'm upset with you. I still love you. And I'm still going to do what I said I was going to do. And so people people think that, oh, because you get upset with this person that you don't love them anymore. It's like, no, I still love you. I just don't like you, you right now. You just pissed me off. You, you pissed me off. I still love you. You just yeah. pissed me off right now. Yeah, and I know this is going to fade. I'm not going to be mad forever. It's realistic. not strong enough to make me break up with you. I can get over it. Exactly. Very realistic. And once again, uh, I, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking about the divorce rate these days. And I'm like, come on, like, um, I forgot. Marriage rate is down anyway. So you say what? Marriage rate is down. Anyway. Yeah, marriage rate is down heavily. You know, for, for people are just not. I think the marriage rate is down. That divorce rate is still hovering at fifty percent. Because and that's, I think it's because people are not approaching long term relationships realistically. Everything has become like you know a microwave relationship, and it's scary because when you when you look at, I was telling you earlier about red flags, like. When you're going into a situation and you're seeing these red flags and you're like overlooking and thinking, well, I'm a, uh, it's probably going to change. It's probably going to change. See, that's where the danger starts because to me, that, that's not realistic at times. Even though you just said that people change day in and day out, that change may not always be in your favor. 
So it's either you're going to be the type of person that's going to adapt to red flags or you're going to be the type of person that says, okay, those are the type of red flags that I don't think I'll ever have the patience for, so I'm going to leave it the fuck alone. Right. Because if I don't, I'll be one of those people that are married five or six years and end up getting divorced because I was constantly trying to sweep this red flag under the rug. You know, and I just... I, and I it boiled to steam, and it was like, all right, I just can't do this anymore. Yeah, that's it, man. When that was something you should have said from the jump. I had to do that this year. Oh, really? I had to be like, look, this is not working for me. I'm sorry. Like, we're just not... We're not compatible, sir. I'm sorry. And then people people feel like it has to be a big fallout it to doesn't, end. It something. doesn't have to be. No. Oh like, no, you I cheated you or, or something like know. this. No, it's just like you know, this isn't this isn't niching. Like we're not catching. Yeah, yeah. My, I mean, and well, I, don't, I can't put a time limit on that bang, either. <laughs> you said what? I said my last relationship. I went out with a bang. Oh, <laughs> I, I, th- I guess when I'm thinking of my last relationship, it was all a matter of when to end it. Because like you, you sometimes you like. You keep telling yourself, oh, maybe I'm just tripping. You know, you have that period of time and like, there's no time limit on that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how long it took for you to say, you know. Four years. Oh, okay. So I don't feel bad then. It took me too. So, <laughs> so oh, I was dumb, but I also wasn't shit. So you said, well, I was dumb. Were you dumb or were you in love? Because those, those, those can be easily confused. No, I, I, was, when you're dumb, I would definitely say I was in love, but I think I was in love with who... I was I thought he was Ooh, yeah. um because when I would find out that he was doing when he was doing certain things I was like yo like I can't even picture you doing something like that <sighs> like uh, like I'm supposed to know you like the back of my hand like I can't even picture you doing what you're doing right now mm-hmm. um and I think right before we broke up I think the last thing I told him I was like I was like you know um, like we going into year four. I said, let me tell you something. I said, if you cheating, you better stop before I find out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, at, at year four, it's kind of like, all right, look. I was like, if you cheating, you better stop before I found out. And I found out, and I was like, and now we're out with bang. Come on, <laughs> fuck these hoes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a Hell fuck. Have no fear. Block, man. block, block. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. But then but, I switched up the game, and the next dude I started to see, like, it was just, like, a little dating, but next dude I started to see, I was like, this ain't working for me. Yeah. I'm not going off no more. If I see the red flag, mm-hmm. I'm going to address it. And I seen, it wasn't, like, a red flag, like, he was a bad dude. Just something was telling me, like, yo, like, this ain't the one. Yeah, yeah. this ain't going to work for me. This yeah. ain't, this, like, you, you mad way too many times, and you really don't need to be. Even if it wasn't even directed at you, huh? Right. Yeah, like, I mean, people, I think, that's another thing, like, I guess people are so easily distracted that it's hard for them to observe. And I think that that's another thing that we need to, you know, teach our kids, you know, like, you know, teach our kids to be more, um, be more observant of, of who you're fucking with and, like, what's around you. Mm-hmm. Like, you can ask a, like, you go, I, I feel like by the time you go up to a 10-year-old, you should be able to ask him his address. And you should be able to tell him, he should be able to tell you the neighborhood he stay in or the apartments he stays in and your address by like 10 years old. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of kids that you can't do that. I've known my papa's number since I was, I've known my papa's number since I was six. Right. It's been the same number since before I was even born. Oh, damn. Right. That's, that's what's up, though. Consistency. Grown people got that shit. They got that shit out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 73? 73? Oh, man. Okay, okay. But seriously, though, like, observe what's around you. Like, 
it's a lot of practical shit that I felt like I didn't get as a child. Like I know culturally, traditionally, respect is something that pretty much goes if you're white, black, Hispanic, Chinese, whatever. Respect is always going to probably be at the core of a of a parent as they teach you if they're really involved. But I definitely think that things like being observant, being prepared, like before it, uh, people listening, y'all may not know, but it, it took us almost an hour to get this show up and running. <laughs> and, oh, baby Jesus. <laughs> and my, my advice is, and then Jay was looking at me like I was crazy because I wasn't really worried. Not that it wasn't me, you know, actually having the computer issues, but it's like, I'm always prepared for bullshit. Like literally, uh, you got, I, I really feel like you have to teach people that chaos is something you can't avoid. I have something for that. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So so when you plan in the picnic, expect rain. Exactly, and I don't even get like, and that actually bothers some people. Like people, uh, they'll look at me like, "Why are you thinking so negative?" <laughs> no, no. Why are you so fucking positive? Or like, why are you why are you look unbothered? And I'd be looking at them like, why "Because I'm you? happy. Leave me alone." <laughs> like, duh, I'm happy. At my job this past week, like they had like a purge where like our numbers weren't well, so like four or five people got like laid off. And, like, you know, I saw people walk out, you know, with their fucking offices in their hand. And those same people for, like, the past five or six months, they were warriors. And, like, they, to me, they spoke it into existence. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go on. No, no, no. I'm and, like, as, 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 like y'all are, come, like, literally coming into my office asking me questions like, hey, you know, Emmanuel, like, what should I do? I'm like, hey, go with your gut. You know, go with your gut. You know, if if you feel like... You need to look for another job, start looking. Because, I mean, I don't have that same feeling you have. And it's not even because I'm being positive. It's just that I'm not overthinking it or thinking negative. I know I'm doing my job. Yeah, low key, that's why. <laughs> I know I'm doing my fucking job. And I also know that if it, if the day comes where I get fired, it wouldn't on me, really. Like, a lot of times it, it is necessary to let go of some dead weight. Yeah. Motherfuckers getting paid, you know, up, you know, damn near six figures. And they don't produce. Like, bro, like, when it comes to chopping heads, you're probably going to have to go. You know, but Liz had an epiphany, so I'm going to let her go. Uh, well, no, it's because I was talking about this with a friend the other day. Um, my whole mantra this whole entire year has been speaking into existence. Real. Um, and recently, I've been, like, telling my friends, like, yo, like, I'm really, like, starting to notice the power of my words and the power of thought. Um when it comes to like people saying, oh, you know, well, life happens. This shit's going to happen. This will like negative things will happen. This, that, and the third. I feel like I've spoken so much positivity into my life that there's no room. If that's real, if, and when the negativity decides to show up in my life, there will be no room for it because I speak so positive about my life and what's going on. Like pretty much every single thing I've wanted this year I've gotten, Nice. And that's just from praying and speaking into existence and really just believing in the power of positivity, not thinking negatively at all. I've been worried. Don't get me wrong. Like, You're human, of course. I'm human. Like, exactly. Like, I'm human. So I've stressed out a couple times here and there. I've felt like, you know, like I was going to just fall back a little bit. But there's just no room for it. I think my mantra this year was protect my peace. I think oh, that's another that thing. One that one, too. I think that's another thing that bothers people because, like, people are like, want to, you know, get into these conflicts with you and these confrontations with you. And I just kind of look at people like, 
I think you always say it, Jay. If, it, if it's not going to matter a week from now, then it doesn't matter. Not, not even a week. I, <laughs> I, I, I have a 72-hour limit. Bro, I think I give it a day. <laughs> if I don't care about this shit tomorrow, I'm not going to waste my energy on it today. That may come yeah, off. Yeah, I'm about 72 hours. 72? Yeah. Okay, okay. I think, I, I think I'll adopt the 72 hours to be fair. Well, because well, see, me, I'll, I, I'm an overthinker. And I overthink I my you. overthinking. So I Jesus. give myself three days. I plan my mopes ahead of time. <laughs> Real shit. <laughs> if it happened on Monday, I'll mope about it Friday night. Wow. Nigga. That's all that shit you do, bro. Bro, I, I don't even want to get into it. I don't even want to get into it. understand, I understand. Bro, like, I've been, I've been through breakups where it's like, you know what? Broke up on Saturday. I ain't going to work Wednesday because I got I need to process this. Jesus. I kid you not, like I gotta process this. I know I need to be there Monday and, and see what's going on. I need to be there Tuesday yeah. to get a gr- grip on my workload. But Wednesday come, I'm, like, I'm not right. coming because I gotta handle this. Because if I don't mentally handle this, it's just gonna continue to stack up. Mm-hmm. So I need I need this mope where I'm in bed until noon or one o'clock, bro. <laughs> that that was the perfect word for it. The, it this mope, it like. I need to be in bed until one, one o'clock, you know. Plan your mopes accordingly, people. On and off sleep or whatever, you know. Wake up, get mad about it, process it, go back to sleep. You know, <laughs> it's a process. Like, like you got to know how to deal with it. And for me, that's work. Like, all right, well, I've given myself this day. Mm-hmm. And I, I do as much as I can to get it out that day. And then it's like, you got to function. Cause mm-hmm. you can't depend on like, nobody but you. Real talk. Get so up. you got to get up get and function. Up. Get hey up. man, get up. hey, you beat me to another one, man. Like depending on nobody but you. Like, I feel like that's important, but at the same time, I like the fact that you know, as young young people, like we're not scared to go out and seek therapy. But realistically, you 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 still are depending on something that is within you. Like like you even said it, you were like. You were looking. You you need a good therapist because you know that the true outlet to cure you is to make sure that you're actually fucking with somebody that's a good listener. Mm-hmm. So you're actually still taking care of it. You you say, say what? I want to be heard. Exactly, and you want to know that somebody gives a damn too, mm-hmm. and it's not just a check. Like, so technically, I believe the the reason a lot of people do go to therapy is because a lot of times that doctor that's attached to that person's name or you know that they're qualified. But every now and then, I would hope for, not to pick on you, Jay, I would hope that your significant other is a good listener. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because like, that's going to be detrimental to your mental health if you're with somebody that is a shitty listener. I need to be able to be vulnerable to this person. Straight up. And they just not say, well, you know, I hope that works out for you. That's No, no, up. babe, what do, you, what do you need? Do you need anything from me? Like, what, what can I do to help you? Do you need do you need my my attention? Do you need some space? Do you need help? Do do we need to get what books you, and work together? Is gonna, what, what do you think is gonna help you right now? Right. If they, it's just laying in this bed, cool. I'm not do gonna you want me to you. lay with you. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. Look, we can just lay here. It's fine. I won't say a word. That's if you real. get hungry, just let me know. Something <laughs> else we could teach our kids. Teach our kids how to be fucking kind. Like, look, baby, kind you're to going through life right now. Yeah, 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 and yeah. It's yeah. okay. Cause I know, I know my son. Like, Honesty. I definitely know. Uh, how close are your tiff treats? Are they are they almost here? I'm just curious. The, um... We gonna run straight through that. Oh, they gonna knock, do, on the knock door. on the door. I'm not we stopping go, anything. No, we're not stopping anything. <laughs> I was just curious. I we gonna eat, we gonna we gonna eat cookies on on the mic. <laughs> 
We're not stopping anything. On another note, I I definitely look at Liz as a a marijuana advocate. uh, Why you put a business out there like that? She only said she smoked. Oh, Oh, that was the other recording that we lost. Yeah, I definitely smoke. Okay. How how um how important do you think that is to your mental health? Hmm. A (laughs) one, to be honest with you, because um I was crazy. Like I was like I don't know. There was I have. I had a lot of anger issues growing up, um, even as a kid, like looking back, and I mentioned this in um, that world mental thing, um, my post, um, even looking back, like now that I've done more research about it and I've talked to, you know, several of my peers, I've talked to a couple people, like doctors and stuff, and, um, and just like getting advice just, or input on life, like looking back, like I recognize the signs, you know what I'm saying? Um, and when I was like 23, that's when I started smoking. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I used to be honest with you. I used to be the girl that was like, weed is bad for you. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna kill your brain cells. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. Like that's, that used to be me. So now like, I, and I remember like, I was just angry. Like, I was so angry the first time before, like, right before I smoked my first one. Like, I was mad. And somebody was like, you want to smoke? And I was like, I don't smoke. And they're like, you should smoke. And I'm like, all right. I faced the whole blunt. And I'm just like, huh. It's great mellow. I was like, this is different. And at first, you know, it was just a way to calm me down. But then, like, when I started to notice my change in thinking, like I was like, I'm not gonna put up with this shit. I'm gonna smoke. I could smoke and feel ten times better about this whole situation. Not like if it was some bullshit. Like I mean, tell myself you don't need to deal with this bullshit. My thought process was different. Even my decision making was different. Like I've made some smart decisions on weed. Dang. And obviously, I've never smoked before. That's why I, I'm always amazed at at the stories I hear. I, I was still don't eating. get me wrong. I've done some dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> there's a balance. There's yeah, a balance yeah, yeah, to yeah. it. I, and there's it, a balance. It is mind altering, obviously. I am. I think. I guess it just depends on the strain. Um, like, so there's like a difference. So like sativa, mm-hmm. so energetic. You know, you're wired. Whatever. Whatever. Um, indica, you know, you're like, you're cool, you're chill, like, and then the hybrid is a little bit of both. Me personally, I like hybrid or sativa um, because I feel productive, um, you know, I'm thinking, like, okay, like, I'm analyzing everything. Like, I can feel, like, my brain, like, okay, you need to do this, then you need to do this, then you need to do this. Hmm. Know it just helps me, it helps me think better. That's cool. Um, a fun fact a lot of teachers go into the teaching field because teachers don't get drug tested. Because a lot of really? teachers, are, yeah, there's a lot of teachers out there that are, that are on heroin, cocaine, smoke marijuana, and they do it freely because they know that they're not going to get drug tested. Maybe I should be a teacher. I was talking to, actually talking <laughs> talking about this with my mom yesterday they at said the funeral. The estimated time is 4.45 to 5.30. Oh, mm-hmm. it's cool, it's cool. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll be here. We, we, we're, we're chopping it up. <laughs> we're chopping it up. And, um, but I was I was at um, the funeral with my mom yesterday, and she was talking about how you know she retired and she got a new job, and I was like, all right, you know, you got to go get a drug test. I was like, I've worked. The only time I've been drug tested was when I worked 
for the grocery store. That's I've wild. worked at two different banks, and I currently work for the United States government. That has been drug tested. That's mad wild. Like That's crazy. Obviously, like in the field that I'm in, I mean, uh, it's, it's logistics and chemicals. So you can't be on mind altering drugs when you're dealing with heavy machinery and dealing with hazardous shit. So yeah, they don't play that shit in my field. Yeah. I know I've talked about this before, but um. That's one of the reasons why my field doesn't attract certain people. There might be people in that motherfucker that come through, be the best fucking chemist. But they got <laughs> they gotta be how to operate. You know, and it's yeah, unfortunately it doesn't work like that. So honestly, banking, I could kinda understand why. Like, I don't I don't know. I guess in a way, you know, you fuck around and deposit a million dollars into the wrong account. I don't know if it's that easy to do. A lot of banking is fixable. Got okay, that makes Fixable. sense. I mean, you, you can catch it the next day and it doesn't hurt. Yeah. I got you, I got you, I got you. But yeah, I mean, that is funny to me that we we're um we're we're definitely in a in a, a time in this time that we're in where world world mental health is a thing. And like I was saying mm-hmm. earlier, like, you know, I'm world, happy there's so much focus on it now. Hell yeah, oh yeah, me too. And I'm glad that world like I said, world mental health has been around since ninety two. And the focus this year is mental health in a changing, well, children's mental health in a changing world. And I'm glad, I love that subject because I believe that without world mental health, that it probably would be ignored. Like you can't ignore the fact that- Children get depressed. Children get depressed. They go through it. Yeah, we can't ignore that. And we can't ignore the fact that we have parents that don't have any idea about how to deal with this emergence of technology and all these advancements in in communication. Like my mama really can't. I teach my mom about the phone. My mama can't teach me about the phone. You right. know. And like shit, my my son navigates certain apps better than I do on the phone compared to me. And like that's the world we live in now. Like you literally have to approach everybody now like they know something that you don't. Like you have to. Like if you if you're, I won't, once again on the pre-recording, you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned that our parents hid stuff from us. We they can't afford honest. to do that now. You say what? They weren't honest. They were, you know, and, and we have we we. You're right. We can't afford to not be honest with. Them. Yeah, and omission and people that don't know this omission of the truth is a lie. Like people mm-hmm. feel like as long as I don't say anything about no, it, then I, I didn't lie. No, it is still a lie because of the fact that you knew the truth and you withheld it. A lot of times on these superhero films, the damsel in distress is always in distress because the hero is like, oh, I kept it from you to protect you. No, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Like, Why didn't you just tell me that some eight-legged man was coming after me? Like, like, like they, If you would have told me, I would have got the hell out of Dodge. And this is this is with me, like I say, like prepara- preparation for chaos because like, if you know for yourself that you're this superhero, you know, Liz, super Liz, you're the superhero, <laughs> and um, Jay is your arch nemesis. Jay, a lot of times, with him being your arch nemesis, is going to be able to hit you in ways that are going to be like none other. And one of those ways he's going to be able to hit you is he may figure out your identity. So if he figures out your identity, then what? He knows your vulnerabilities, which could be your your boyfriend or whatever. So therefore, and if that's how uh, what's her face ended up in the hospital on Spider Man. Oh yeah, uh, shit, Aunt May, and, yep. you know, and that's because they don't have the opportunity to prepare for the chaos that may come because you withheld that from them, mm-hmm. and that's what we're doing with our kids. 
We gotta. Our kids are going to be adults. Mm-hmm. We can't. We can't Google Gaga them until they're thirteen. We can't baby shark them until they're thirteen, <laughs> Bruh. And like, and that's what I'm learning that myself because like, I be talking to my son and like for a minute when I'm talking to him, I be sitting there like, damn, I forgot I was talking to a fourteen year old. Like, but it doesn't matter because he's, Lord willing, he will be twenty five one day or thirty. You know. And your son is black. Oh yeah, we've had those conversations. You can't have the same conversation with a thirteen-year-old black kid as you could have with, say, the thirteen-year-old white kid. Yeah, that's the reality. That is crazy too. And and honestly, man, because you have to literally tell them like, this world is against you solely because you're black. You're black. Yeah, and and it's you have no benefit of the doubt. Yeah, man, and it's sad because there's so many contributing factors to that, and um, it's unfortunate because I think a lot of times when I was watching Black Klansmen, and the reason I think that Black Klansmen did a better job, I'm not going to compare it to anything, the reason I think Black Klansmen was a solid was a solid movie was because of the way that it approached the situation of dealing with white hate of the black man. I don't know, if, have you seen Black Klansmen? I have not. Yeah, you should check it out. And I think, I don't know if you agree with me, Jay, but in that movie, were you more entertained and not necessarily pissed off or were you pissed off but entertained? See, I I was more entertained. Exactly. Like I wasn't I wasn't pissed off because I wasn't learning anything new, really. Like there was you some sure? there was some gems in there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That that's like, oh, I didn't I didn't know that. But like, you know, when they was like when uh for instance when it's like, you know, the president has said that the black Panthers are the most dangerous party in the whole country, the most dangerous yeah, organization. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah you know, it's like, oh, I already knew that that's what they viewed the Black Panthers as, and I know their origins. Yeah. So, like, I know that's not what they originally set out to be. So, there was stuff and there's like, you know, you weren't teaching me anything new, but then, I didn't know that about Stokely. I did not know that he changed his name. I'm I didn't either. I didn't either. I was like, Kwame Torrey. I was like, then I looked at it. I thought, I thought it was just, I knew it was based off a book that he wrote. And I'm sorry we just went on the tangent and completely left Liz out. But, like, I, like I had no idea, like, who's this, who's this guy? And I was like, oh, okay. Because yeah, he said the same thing. He's like, yeah. oh, I didn't know he changed his name. Exactly. That was, yeah. and, I, and Spike, or not necessarily, Ron Stallworth, since he wrote the book, he did a good job of actually educating and not just pissing us off. I think a lot of times these, these black empowerment movies... They just their main message is to piss black people off. To, to enrage like you. To enrage us. You see what Birth of a Nation did. Yeah. You know, Birth of a Nation, it it it's crazy because when you see um I forget that nigga name, the dude Robinson that made the new one. The new one, uh, the one that came out in sixteen, I think. But it's crazy how a movie about a black rebel empowered a white nation. Like, how does, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like they're showing this in the White House. Like I knew that. Like I knew Woodrow did that. And, like, when they showed Birth of a Nation in the White House, and, like, they were proud of the fact that, oh, this nigger. Look what we made them do. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, but I, Birth of a Nation clearly had a, I don't really think that you can, um, I understand how you can take Birth of a Nation and get that message. But with Black Klansmen, I don't think that anybody can actually watch that movie and, like, necessarily be too pissed off because it's nothing really new. But at the same time, if you pay attention, you're like, oh, okay, okay, that's that makes sense. But... I definitely respect Ron Stallworth for dealing with it in the way that he did. Like, Liz, what would you do if you were a, a detective and you had to um, you had to go protect a, a men's activist group and you knew this men's activist, the leader, 
hated women, hated black women especially. Like, could you actually walk in there and actually... I have to protect him? Yeah, yeah you have you to have protect to, him. You, you are his bodyguard. You could Because you work for the police. You work for the police. And they so put they you on that assignment. you to that job. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's understandable. That is an understandable reaction. But this guy... If he hates women, why the hell would he want me around? The same He might thing. try to kill me. <laughs> Watch by <black> class. <laughs> like, seriously. Definitely if... And a side note, you could literally close your eyes in some scenes and listen to John David Washington. Sounds just like his dad. Sounds he just does. like Denzel. Really? He yeah. sounds just yeah. like Denzel. Some lines he yeah, delivers. He's, 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 he's a real solid. He's actor. solid. And like, like he, I, his role in Ballers is a little more lax. So mm-hmm. when I seen this, like, even in, even in the first few scenes, I was like, okay, I still get that baller mentality. But as I got into the movie, like, he really adapted that actor I mean that character which is something I don't think Michael B. Jordan can do but you know that's not here nor there I just have to throw that slander out there hey man I do like him in Creed though I'm looking forward to that because it, because Michael B. Jordan is a good guy he is a good he guy he's yeah. not a bad guy yeah. he cannot play a bad guy like, and I know people hate to hear that but he's not a bad guy and even guy. as Killmonger he really wasn't he, that bad of a nobody guy nobody thinks Killmonger was bad everybody he, Killmonger he had a point you said what he was just misunderstood. Exactly. exactly. He had a point. <laughs> but let me tell you right now, though. You put, um, I don't, well, not, you've seen Shape of Water, the, the, the Shape of Water. We're not going to get into that. But, but, that's all fair. But Michael Shannon. Yeah. The, the villain. Yeah. He can't play a good guy. No. Because he's fucking naturally evil. So it's like, it's like, damn. What's, what's, the, what's the name of the black guy that's always in the black movies where he's either cheating on his woman or beating on, not Thank Blair, you. not Blair Underwood. Because he, he's, he has that role, too, where he's just never good. I can't think of his name. It's Michael Ely? No, no, no. Michael Ely plays a good guy. He, he's he, he can do that, both. that time. He, 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 yeah, yeah. Whatever. He, he threw them kids time. off that that balcony or that window. He threw them kids out that window. <sighs> yeah, I can't remember. Ely did. Yeah. What movie was this? Uh, uh, the only movie he's been evil in. What movie is that? Oh my god. Um, for With colored Taraji? girls. For colored girls. Oh nah, man, he's been evil in a couple of movies, bro. He's been the bad guy. Uh, he's been the crazy guy. Yeah, there you go. Crazy. Man. Okay, yeah. So I'm saying, Mike, I don't think Michael could do that. No, he can't. Well, let's not go off on that tangent. <laughs> but no, you was getting to a point. I forgot what it was. Oh, shit. We always do this. <laughs> I guess that's why you need better. What was, what was, what was my point going? Drag. I don't know. But no, no, no. Okay, let's let's get back to raising kids. Okay. I think that's where we were at. This is where we were at. <laughs> yeah, because okay. you're the only one with a child to raise here, so. <laughs> <laughs> But no, like I said, yeah, specifically uh, him being a black kid, I can't talk to him like a white parent would talk to a white parent because, I mean, in all honesty, I'm pretty sure in the area that we where we are, the white kids out there are pretty much, you know, they're told, like, you know, you can go on the street, do what you want. Like, this is your area. They don't like, have any boundaries in the house. So yeah. they think they don't have any boundaries. Well, a black kid is like, you need to strap a GoPro to your chest so everybody know, you know, just in case. Low key. I'm be honest with you. Like I think, I mean, I, the one invasion of privacy that I do have on my son is I always know his location because of his phone, and I feel like that's a personal advantage that I had over my mom because mm-hmm. I could be off into some shit, and my mom wouldn't have a clue. I definitely but, was off into some shit. I'm just saying, know. but as as when y'all become parents, I would say utilize that because all and you don't utilize it in a way where like you're obsessed over their location, but it's always good to know. Where your child is, just because kids move. Yeah, kids move around. Let me know when they, when they leave this location. Yeah, and I and I think that you know, even though we we tend to bash technology, I mean, it, it, it has its its good points, you know. And would you consider yourself a good parent? 
Mm, I, I'm, I, I didn't have a dad, bro. And when I say that, I mean that. Like, uh, Jesus Christ raised me and my mom. I didn't yeah. have a dad. <laughs> don't Jesus know Christ. him. Don't know shit about him. So I literally was raised by my mom and my brothers. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my, you know, the male figures were cousins, uncles, and stuff like that. But um, I say that to say that it's hard for somebody to do something that they've never seen done before. Yeah. You know, and it's that's why I... You know, I respect y'all for saying that, you know, y'all necessarily wouldn't raise y'all's kids the way y'all parents did, but it's going to be a beautiful moment when you actually have to, you know, put those applications to test to be like, you know what, I am going to open my door, you know, (laughs) because a lot of that shit is all relatability. Like, you have to actually be in that situation to be like, damn, now I understand why Will was doing that, or I understand why my mom was doing that. Obviously, shit like beating your kids or cursing them to fuck out. There, there are some things that are extreme that aren't necessary. Oh, I'm whooping ass. I mean, That's not a question. But just uh, just understand that in 2022, whenever you have kids, then them, them laws are strict, bro. Like, you, your kid comes to school with a lash or something like that, they, them, them people going to come to the house and arrest you, bro. Like, th- these kids have too. a lot of rights now. I mean, matter of fact, how do y'all feel about that? Like, how do y'all feel about the fact that CPS is such a growing industry and it's like it's it's basically the government is in your the government is a parent now more than ever but these parents some of these parents are trash can you say that again (laughs) some of these parents are trash like I'm seeing videos of people literally cussing out their infant children dragging two year olds like I know I know like, what is your problem? The way they were raised. I mean, uh, I, this is a sensitive subject, but you're in an abusive relationship with a guy. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the study shows that more than likely women or anybody that's in an abusive relationship, the reason that they stick it out for so long is because they either saw their parents go through it or it was something that they've dealt with before and they just kind of mm-hmm. learned to just say, you know, this is normal without even realizing it sometimes too like you don't even realize that like there were certain things I was going through in my relationships that I would stay through not even like and looking back I'm like damn like my mom went through that too and so did my aunt I'm like but I didn't realize that the one of the reasons I stayed is because I saw them stay yeah and it felt until I felt until I felt like you know what fuck this shit like I'm not them like I'm not gonna be dealing with this shit Hell no. It's real. I mean, what was Fences about? I still ain't seen that movie. Fences was about that, right? Well, well Fences, it, what, what ends up happening, Denzel has a, has a kid on the side, and the baby's mom. Stop, let me stop you right there. Your boyfriend has a baby on the side. You're sticking it out? Hell no. Okay. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> it, it, it's a deeper level, though, because she the, the mother dies during the childbirth. So then Denzel, like, you know, this is my kid, brings her into the house with Viola, his wife, and she raises the child as if it were her own. Lizzie, what would you do? Mm. Um, no child deserves to be without a mother. It's not the child's fault. It's mm-hmm. not the child's fault. I, I wouldn't take out any frustration I had on the child. Cause I've seen that happen with other like women they do they don't treat you know I understand that the situation is bad I understand that he's a bullshit ass nigga like mm-hmm. I get that but this isn't the baby's fault 
and you really you don't have to accept the baby you can leave mm-hmm. you can you no one's making you stay you can get if you're married okay get a divorce sorry you're gonna have to pay for it but get a divorce if you if if you really feel like you can't stick it out um me personally i don't know what i would do uh, until i was in a situation, situation. Mm-hmm. but if i decided to stay i would not take it out on the job if I, That's for sure. If I decide to go, look, the best luck to the both of you. Bye. Yeah, and, and, and really, it's you don't. I don't think anybody will look at you in a wrong, in a wrong light. Like, no. That's a respectable way to go. Like, I respect what Viola did. But at the same time, like. Everybody ain't built like everybody that. Everybody ain't built the same. That's, that's everybody more of, like, different. That's why I know people like hearing me talk about mental health and I think I'm being a bully on people that, you know, run a therapy. It's like. No, like, I just really feel like a majority of the people that I know, the, a lot of people I know are fucking tough. They just don't know how tough they really are. Yeah. You know, and, like, that's the type of person I am. Like, I'm like, y'all really, and that's why I pointed out earlier, like, y'all are really taking the steps that, to me, a person that was, like, mentally ill, like, they couldn't go that route of picking up a phone and seeking out help. Like, they start destroying themselves. Like, weak, mentally, like, weak, weak people I really feel like that is like a common trait. They will destroy themselves before they seek help. That's why I definitely have like this high level of respect for people that aren't scared to seek help. Like that's a sign of maturity too. And a lot of us weren't taught that either. Like a lot of us weren't taught to seek out help, especially from what I hear with women, like their mom being so tough on them. Like when the, when the one person that you identify with in your home, like let's say if you're one girl and you got four brothers and then the one person that you identify with in your home is against you, like, who the fuck are you going to run to for help? Like, you got nothing. You know, because your brothers are probably dicks. So, like, I mean, but then again, you know, you might have some supportive brothers or whatever, but, I mean, it just gets me to thinking, like, about, you know, homosexuality. Like, I, I, you know, a lot of these pro-black people, they think that homosexuality is largely due to the mass media and people, the, the media is turning people gay. No. In my opinion, that is not what's happening. That's not what's happening. What is happening is, you know, obviously this is a more progressive society. We know, a lot, I know a lot of gay people growing up. They, it was just a terrifying time to come out of the closet. Yeah. So now that coming out of the closet is something like, because you got to think about it. In the 90s and the 80s, somebody, you know, is at home realizing like, you know, as a guy, like, man, I don't like women like that sexual. Like, I want to be with this guy. And when he gets to that point, once again, this is a parenting thing. If you're to the point as a parent where your child can't come to you about sexuality, once again, where does he run to? He's going to run to the closet. He's going to stay hidden. And he's going to wait for a time period as like like now. And he's going to come out of the closet full-fledged. Or or you sit there, you know, you sit there at the table with your parents and y'all see gay people on, on TV and, and your dad's like, oh, he's not, he's less than a man. He, <sighs> you know, he's, you know, he's barely male. You know, he's less than a man. It's like, Damn. Like, damn, I can't even talk to you about what I'm... Because I, I, I already I know what you think you. because you're not paying attention to me. Exactly. So and we're, I and already we're, know what you think. As kids, you know, it's, it's... I forgot who said it. It's a saying out there that, you know, in the, in, the, in the eyes of a child, a parent is God. Oh, yeah. So it's really hard for a parent to want to go at war with their parent when they say something like that because it's real easy for, a, um, I, I would say, some white kids... <laughs> Could, could definitely probably like just fuck you mom fuck you dad and just like you know they're gonna go at talked it about that. 
You said what? He talked about that in one of his shows, one of his comedy shows. He was like, white kids would be like, fuck you, mom. I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> like, Do you think that that's a healthy environment to be hell in? Hell no. <laughs> Low key, I'm starting to think that people are starting to adopt that method. Like, oh, I want my kids to be able to say whatever. No, fuck You got that. me fucked up. <laughs> no. Like, Elijah, Rose, if you like, listen, you got like, me fucked up. Shit. I'm not with that shit. Hell no. No. Oh, he's just expressing himself. It's no. a thousand different words you can use to express yourself. Other than those, like, what, he seven or eight? He says fuck at home. He's, what, six? <sighs> no. Look, I, I am 30 years old. Within the last three years, I just got comfortable saying curse words around my mom. For real. And I in 30 years, I haven't said one directed towards her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, never that's will. insane. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Once again, it goes back to respect. Like, if that's how whites, Koreans, Mexicans, whoever want to teach respect by saying, you know what, if I can curse in the household, you can curse in the household. Like, I understand it, but it's like, nah, there it's are things example. to me that there are. It's it's uh it's age appropriate. I still believe in age appropriate. Like yeah. a lot of people don't know more. Like, you know, they feel like at seven years old you should be able to teach kids about sex. I, I feel like I agree with what you said once again. Be honest with kids, but there's a time and place for everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that as a parent, you're still gonna it's gonna be tough to gauge that because it's some it's some childish children out here. Like it's probably hard to talk to them, but I think sometimes you just gotta pull the bandaid off and be like, "Hey, you know, these, these I see, I see, I seen you in there watching porn." And, you like, know, look, now we we need to have a conversation. Yeah, because these kids, little boys, are watching porn. Like, we didn't have like what we had when we grew up, the R. Kelly video. That's all. That's all I remember. I don't remember having just access to porn. Channel like that. I, I had a pervy uncle. Oh, had the DVDs and the tapes and shit. He had v- VHSs and magazines. He kept wow. magazines under. Magazines were a thing. Magazines yeah. were a thing, but ain't nothing. There's I saw no magazines. Channel Twenty Four. She knows the channel. I still remember. The <laughs> like, wow. like, like you'll see those Instagram skits, but like watching it with no volume and having some cartoons on. For real, turn. for real. I have uh, that life. Uh, what is it? Uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. And on the next on channel, eleven o'clock. Pow. You wow. know, you know, it was really bad when. That you didn't really get the channel, but you know if you turn to the channel, it show for like three seconds. That's how it <laughs> I guess we were just bored. It show for three seconds before I was just bored because I was just like, I don't know what this is. Wow. <laughs> they hunching. That's what I knew it was. They hunching. Hunching. Yeah. Jesus I'm, I'm country. So, you, you, know, better, they, you are very They hunching. Hunching. But uh, I guess my point is, I mean, the the it's so easily accessible now. Like... It's way easy now. Like, it's Instagram yeah, pages yeah. that post porn just for the fuck of it. It makes you believe it. You say what? It's Twitter porn. There's Twitter porn? Yeah. I'll tell you about that. Oh my God. No wonder you're on Twitter. <laughs> oh no. That's why. That's a lot of. That's a, I think that's a big reason why a lot of people are on Twitter. Twitter porn. I ain't never heard that Twitter in my life. Twitter porn is way better than anything you can find on the internet. We have tumblers. I'm, I'm, that's prob- That's kind of where it came from. Ah, uh, no wonder. Tumblr's on a whole fucking other I know. I, have some, I actually have some pages blocked because it's just It's like, too oh. much. Like, there's porn bots out there. Like, they literally will follow you. Just, just. Like, and it, it's crazy because, like, I want to open my timeline and not have the porn there. I want, if I want to see it, happen. I want to go have to look for it, basically. Like guys, I don't want you just throw it in my face. And you follow these people. <laughs> like, it's 9 a.m. There's porn on the I, timeline. I opened my phone at work. <laughs> like, 
Bro, that's why that's why I, I went back to a smaller phone. Off. That's why I went back to a smaller phone because I had the big plus and I opened some shit up. I was like, God damn. I gotta Cancel unfollow this person because like and, and people sell accounts and stuff like yeah. that. So you might have started following somebody that was selling sneakers, then they sold their account and now it's just a porn blast. Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's happened to me at least four times, especially when I was buying shoes heavy. Like I go on Twitter and follow those um, shoe sites, those, and then they, they say, "Hey, we're gonna sites. we're gonna sell this account or something." You know, first person offer me, you know, a thousand dollars, we can have this account. It happens to be a they, porn guy, and it happens Jesus. to be a porn guy. I'm trying to figure out what do they gain from that? Like just just all this porn, like a minute of it. Like what is? The, I don't get it. Like I understand people posting shoes, you might sell them. Yeah, you know, I mean. Is is porn really that entertaining? It's not. Nah. It's the way real. to go to sleep. <laughs> Self care. I think so. I think I think definitely because they brought that topic up at that outlet event. And I, one thing I did think that I think the self care, you know, as far as masturbation with women is definitely much different with women. Because a think lot it, of women who don't masturbate. There are a lot of women. And There's I, a and lot of women who say it, they don't like, masturbate, and I believe them. Me. Like every time I, I like first when I was like really, but there's a lot of women who don't masturbate. Shocked me. There's a lot of men who don't masturbate too. Even more shocking. With the accessibility of porn, yeah. No, it, just period. Really? They just don't do it. Hmm. They'll wait, or they just don't. Just go without. Go without. Because they don't have to. Mm, I mean, well, nobody I mean, has to. It's masturbation. You don't have to go without it. Shit. You just choose not to. I mean, you know, you just choose not to. You just get laid that much. You don't have to masturbate. Hmm. I don't think these Twitter porn and Instagram helps though. Like, no, you no. see it. No, like you said, it puts. That's puts one thing I could actually blame my media on. Like, that should get you horny. It you puts just you chilling. in your mind. It does put. It, it puts thoughts in your mind. Yeah, you're just chilling and you just see ass on your page. Like, good lord! I just came here to just look at mood. <laughs> It's like I'm trying to see highlights <laughs> from the games tonight. That's it. And then there's ass on the screen. That's that's insane. But at the end of the day, it's 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 a growing market, you know. Matter of fact, we definitely I'm surprised your computer didn't crash. Thank goodness. Oh, look, look, Sorry about that. I did. We did avoid. Oh, no, it. I got that from my kid. It may not even be real wood. <laughs> <laughs> we did avoid a topic the other day. We're all over the place. But the Britney Renner book. How do you feel about that book? I mean, I mean, I haven't read it. I haven't read it. I'm not gonna read it. Okay, I mean, it, I guess I'm not even necessarily. I really I see, don't care. I see, for I see the print was pretty those, large, like, so it shouldn't take these, long to read. But the social media people, I really care less about. Any, I don't know who half of them are. That's real. That's real. I really, um, I pay like really the people I pay attention on my timeline are people I actually know. Actually, know, yeah. Um, I really don't know who a lot of the people are that they talk about you actually purged your page one time i did yeah several yeah. times <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah we actually we did that to, to our page too i felt like it was a it's necessary yeah it's necessary i mean just, now i have everything from my birthday up until yesterday mm-hmm. oh cool cool um you say okay i guess the subject matter is kind of like putting your business out there you know as far as sex goes like like it's selling sex and do you see any benefits in that? Like writing your your story, you know, basically, you know, a sexual... I mean, she was definitely talked about quite a bit so through all the... blogs. And like, they ain't saying the girl ain't making money from it. That's that's the, and that's the main objective, obviously. I mean, so 
I guess I kind of can see why people are posting the porn because, I mean, sex is always going to sell, huh? Always. It's always going to sell. Hmm. Dang, that's crazy. So yeah, she's just... using the sex and honesty and the fact that she's just wired just a little differently from everybody yeah. to sell her book and sell her lifestyle and basically sell her. And people eat it up. They are eating it up. Yeah, I wonder what, I that, that makes me question us like as society. Like, Don't put me in these people. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, us? What, don't, what, exactly, what do you mean, us? No, them. Yeah, they do be out there tripping. But I'm just like, just baffled, man. Like, I don't, because I think about Fifty Shades of Grey, too. Like, it just took off. Fifty Shades of Grey. not good just, to me. You say what? It wasn't even that good to me. That shit was regular to me. Wasn't it, wasn't it just kind of like some regular. regular shit? Like, oh, oh like, y'all think this is super kinky? Oh. This right. is my guess. <laughs> this is my guess. All right. I believe that similar to the to the homosexuals that were in the closet for so long in the 20th century, you had people that were con- confined to this space for so long. And to be able to actually get something in print that probably talks about your lifestyle. Yeah. It was like a breath of fresh air. It's like, oh, I can finally open up about this that I enjoy behind the behind closed behind doors. closed doors. And I think that that was like the shock value to it. It was almost like, oh my god, like I did this with my husband, and like I get to read about it. Somebody can relate to me sexually, and like it wasn't something that was heavily talked about unless you were listening to Howard Stern, you know. Yeah. But now it's like it's everywhere. So my question now is. Do you guys think that there's ever going to be a, a point in our American history to where... Where is he going? Sex is going to just be dead. Like, people just aren't going to give a damn about sex anymore. I just... I don't give a damn about sex anymore. I mean, I talk about it frequently, but I really could care less about it. I told Jay the other day, like, I have never got to the point where I was scrolling. And, like, usually I'll see a chick or see something. Hold on real quick. Is the guy lost? Is he? Does he not know where to go? Uh, they know how to get here. Oh wow! <laughs> like, oh, this nah. He lost. He's going completely opposite way. Like he's way down Highway Six. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, beyond me. Yeah, but I get okay. My question is, like I said, I said, do I think that it's ever going to get to a point where like we're desensitized to sex? And I, I remember thinking to my like, I noticed like myself like scrolling, and like I wasn't amused at all when I saw like nakedness. And I'm like, dang, is there something wrong with me? Well, it's, it's not even that. It's the, it's the age that we are and in, in, in the level of our maturity. Like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to smash everything that walks. You know, I'm at, at, this, at this age, I'm not here for that. You know, I want a more, more of a connection. You know, I, I want some, some intimacy, not no, oh, yeah, I'm just here to get this ass. That's just the, the level that I'm at now. Hmm. And so, sense. you know, and I know, uh, I know as men, we arrived there at different ages. Some Definitely. never arrived there. Some, some men are still in their forties and fifties that still want to hit everything that walks. But see, I'm at the levels like, yeah, I can, I can appreciate an attractive body. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not like, okay, yeah, look at them titties. All right. I need to go have sex right now. It's gotten to the point. Like I just be looking at this shit like, man, y'all ain't tired of this shit. <laughs> Put some clothes on, but you know what I mean. You could, you, you could, you could, if you hit the right hashtag, you can go see thousands and thousands and thousands. And it's kind of like, it's oversaturated. I think, I think we're going to become desensitized to sex to the point where it's going to be a lot more people claiming to be asexual. I think that's the right term. Basically, 
there's going to be a lot more people out there that are just not going to crave that physical physical connection anymore. They're going to be like, I don't need you. And they're going to become, you know, more like, I could just order this. I could just order that. I could sit in the house. I don't need interaction with people. Right. Because, I mean, that's really what it feels like is going on. It really feels like it's something out there that's getting us to the point where intimacy is, is, is almost dying because it's just in our face so much. And it's like, it's become repulsive. Like, sitting there watching just uh, your average TV show, you see a sex scene, and I'm sitting there looking at the sex scene, and I'm like, is, is this sex scene even necessary? The sex <laughs> scene doesn't even make the show better. It doesn't even go in the flow of the yeah, show. Yeah, it's like... Like, seriously, like, we don't need this. I don't care if it's heterosexual sex, homosexual sex, dog sex, whatever. That shit doesn't make the actor any better. It doesn't make the show any better. It doesn't forward the storyline at all. It never does. Like, we get it. You could literally... I mean, that's like saying I Love Lucy wasn't a great show. Yeah. Like, it was still a good sitcom. They went on there fucking... <laughs> like, I just... I just... I don't get where we're going as a society, but I do fear that that's something that may take place. Straight up, though. Hey, I mean, what can we do? I mean, shit, I guess... Because we don't, we don't never go backwards. And tell, it's, not, it's never like, okay, we need to start toning this down. We need to back it up. It's like, no, well, it's out there now, so I just got to embrace it. Unless we just have like a server blackout globally where we have no access to internet for like six months. Who knows what happened? Cats was tripping out when YouTube was down for what? How long? Yeah, she was down for like six hours. <laughs> Cats was tripping out. For no, like, what's, what's wrong with YouTube? What's hey, wrong with bro, YouTube? I watch YouTube probably 25 minutes a week. <laughs> like, I don't just be on YouTube like that. And, and guys was bugging. Yeah, niggas. And you know why they said YouTube went down? They said YouTube went down that day because somebody took a picture of the moon exploding. They said that somebody actually has physical proof that the moon exploded a couple of weeks ago. And NASA directed YouTube to shut it down. Like, real talk. Wow. So, and I'm like, I don't know how true that is. I mean, I looked up the other day. The moon was definitely there. (laughs) Um, Or a replica. (laughs) Something was out there. They do. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Liz does confirm that. It's definitely there. The moon's still chilling. And if you're wondering what Liz is right now, she's trying to make sure that she establishes contact with the person that's going to deliver her cookies. She's trying to get these cookies. She's trying to get these cookies. By any means necessary. Yeah, I ain't mad at her. But hey, you know, while... (laughs) (laughs) But while we're on the subject of pretty much anything like we always do... Hey, um, we've arrived at... We're in overtime right now, so... Oh, definitely, definitely. How you felt about, you know... Lugan, you know, you sent me a message about Lou getting fired. Like, how do you really feel about Tyrone Lou getting fired? Tyrone Lou was never the coach. He just wasn't David Blatt. David Blatt tried to coach and not let LeBron dictate that team. And so Lou was like, Lou was LeBron's guy. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get Lou in here. That way, I can run this team how I want to. And and I'm I'm always the person that's been like, you know, oh LeBron isn't the GM and stuff like that. But LeBron put Lou in the power. That way he could run the team the way he wanted it and uh, and set it up the way that he wanted it. And that's why they're in shambles right now is because LeBron built a product that was only sustainable around him. And once he left, the product wasn't sustainable anymore. With that being said... You got to blame said, somebody. I'd have to blame LeBron. 
I, I could. I, you got to. You definitely got to blame LeBron for Lou getting. I fired. think never in the history of basketball have we ever had somebody that had that much influence of our organization. I don't think Jordan had that much influence over no. the Chicago Bulls. Um, people always talk about how how LeBron makes everybody better around him. Um, I definitely thought the Lakers would be a lot further than they are right now. I'll be real with you. Like I'm kind of shocked that they're technically a losing team. Yeah. Because I thought that LeBron being implanted in a team that was pretty talented already. They just needed a leader. But they blew that team up a lot, too. You lost Julius Randle. You did. Uh, who else did they lose? Who would you rather have, LeBron or Julius Randle? I would definitely rather have LeBron. But look at the guy, the pieces they brought in. Like They brought in basically a whole brand-new starting lineup mm-hmm. besides Ingram. Like You moved Lonzo to the bench. You lost Julius Randle. Um, Kuzma started? I think so. I thought Lonzo, well, Lonzo started right now, right? Yeah, he started because Rondo was suspended. But like they were starting – was Rondo, Kuzma – uh, Ingram, Braun, and um, JaVale McGee. Ah, yeah, that's true, that's true. So, you know, you insert three new starters, of course you're going to throw off the rotation. And do you think that they're better now? No. I don't think they are either. I, I, I think they had a gelled team last year. They made, Their record was probably subpar, but, like, you knew what you were going to get out of Lonzo because he knew who he was playing with. You know, okay, I got Ingram over here. You know, this is our core. You changed that whole core. You changed the whole team. Hmm, that is true. That is true. Man, I think I think that's just a, a part of me, I guess, because I have, like, this bias towards LeBron. Like, I feel like LeBron is a great player, but it it always kind of blows my mind. Like, you put him in good situations. Like, I felt like when he first went to Miami, like, he was in a real good situation with, you know, with um, with Bosh with Bosh and Wade, and they lost the first year. And it's like, damn, when you put Hall of Fame caliber type players around him, he seems to struggle a little bit more. I mean, you still got to gel at the end of the day. Yeah, that's true. Like, this isn't an all-star game where it's like, all right, we link up for, you know, one game. You know, we got to go 82 games. Yeah, that is true. That is true. So, but yeah. how you feel about Kawhi over there in Toronto? Are you shocked or are you not shocked? Um, like, like I said, like, they kept saying, oh, Kawhi's definitely top five in the league. I was like. Which is true. Yeah, you can't. You can't how do you give him that when he took a year off? But, like, he didn't lose a step. That's what I was thinking. Like, that's what I was like. The, the league is going to continue to get better too, and while you're not playing in this league, you might get left behind. But in essence, he did not get left behind at all. But that's the difference between Kawhi and LeBron, though. I feel it, my my favorite, my two favorite players to watch these days is Kawhi and Clay. I feel like Clay took a step back since Durant is there, but I definitely feel like Kawhi, Clay, and maybe even Jimmy Butler, they have that. Um, basketball personality to where they actually can get put into systems and make things better just based off the fact that they're not really selfish players. Not right. saying LeBron is selfish, but LeBron may not be selfish on the court, but his 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 basketball mind as far as an organization goes, pretty he's it's pretty much me, me, me. When when you're watching LeBron play, you can tell you can obviously tell when like he's not in the play. Like he's, you know, he's oh, he's giving the ball away. He's over here standing like off to the side of the court. Yeah, he's not cutting or anything like. I hate when I see him bring the ball of court. I but, ain't lie to you. but then you'll see like Clay. He's still active in the offense, even though it's not centered around him. Their offense is just better too. Yeah, like if LeBron is 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 on the court and he's not actively in the play, he takes himself out of the offense. Um. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And it's almost like. LeBron, there is no LeBron if he doesn't touch the ball. Like, yeah, you know, the ball is gonna go through him, and I—that's that, one thing I don't like about James Harden either. 
Like, I don't like having to look at them and, like, the ball has to touch their hand every time. It's, like, a, it's a stagnant offense. Yeah, it does It does become that way. But, um, man, uh, I'm not really shocked because I'm, 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 big, I'm big on um, Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm happy that he's somewhere he wants to be because clearly he didn't want to be in San Antonio. He, he, he may not want to be in Toronto, but he's there. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You got a cookie update? Yeah, they're on their way. <laughs> LeBron so, or Kobe? What? LeBron or Kobe? Kobe. All right, cool. Two on one. There go the cookies. Wow. But yeah, I, I like I like the LeBron and Kobe debate. I think the LeBron Kobe debate is a better debate than the LeBron Jordan debate. It's way better because, like like I mentioned to you that if um when they took um. Jordan off the off the off the team, the Bulls were still good. The Bulls were still good. You took Kobe off the Lakers, the Lakers were bad. Shh. You take LeBron off the Cavs, the Cavs are bad. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, definitely. I do agree with that. Um, I always uh, when I was when I was yeah, dealing with a my, big ass bag. <laughs> when I was dealing, you see with how small my, my bag was? I see it. <laughs> they, they, yeah, wow. Just for that box, uh, interesting. Although her box is bigger than my box too. Yeah, but I still don't need. <laughs> Good lord! I guess because it's Sunday. Probably thought yeah. it was for an anniversary or something. But uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like I was saying, when I was um still on my son's basketball team, um, I always pick out certain players, and like it's hard for me to pick out LeBron as a player to watch, just because I think LeBron is a lot more physical talent than he is actual like skill. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I feel like there are certain parts of LeBron's LeBron's game like you just can't mimic if you're not six eight two fifty, but like oh appreciate it, I do have a cookie in my hand. This will be my second cookie for the day, and the first oh, one. Was oh, and it's warm. You feel that? This is it warm. It is very warm. We shout out, shout out to Tiff Treats. Tiff Treats is getting free po- promo plugs. You never know; they might actually put a Tiff Treat ad at the beginning of the Boy. show. We might need to run a commercial. We'll <laughs> eat these cookies. This is the commercial. <laughs> Damn, this one is good. I'm sorry, people. This is what happens when you do a show. We we got we got anything left? We do. I want to get her real opinion on LeBron and Kobe before we go into. I don't have guys. a real opinion. She just uh, pick. But you like Kobe? I do. Rockets fan? Yes. I can't even concentrate. What? I can't even concentrate. Why? Because it's cookies. Oh, I know. Oh, cookies are so good. Why do you need sex when you have cookies like this? No, you can't get a cookie pregnant either. You can't get a cookie pregnant. But if you get a cookie pregnant, you know what they make? What? Little cookies. What the fuck? You want cookies? That is true, though. That is true. Words of advice? And if you stuck with us this long, you're a beautiful person. But anyways, words of advice? Mm, the difference between bad, good, and perfect is miles apart. So be able to recognize a bad person compared to a good person compared to a person that isn't perfect. Although perfect doesn't exist. Excuse me, say what? Although perfect doesn't exist. And so you shouldn't expect it. That's true. 
don't don't be raising the bar on a good person to the point where they can't reach it. I know, man. We do that a lot. We do that a lot. We all we're always asking for more and not acknowledging what we do have in a person. Yeah. Respect a good person. Because hmm. it'll never be perfect. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I guess I'll go second. Um, I guess I'll just go back to what I said earlier about um, approaching people as if they know something that you don't. Because I mean, it's I think it, I think it um it makes the conversation it makes the uh, the respectability factor a lot more um, present because you're not gonna ever talk down to them. You're always you know willing to learn from them. You're always you're always willing to be open because you know it's a good chance they might put something in you that you didn't have, and it's that's important no matter who you're dealing with, whether it's a kid. An, an old person, whatever, like, it's always good to approach somebody, like, you might learn something from them rather than, oh, I'm gonna just school this nigga, I know I know more than him, you know, that's what, and that's the reason why we have guests, because, and we, when we bring guests on the show, we don't bring guests on the show to debate with them or argue with them, we want to gain a different perspective, you know, so, that's my words of advice. What you got, Lizzie? <laughs> I don't know if I'm the right person to be giving advice. <laughs> However, I will say, you know, just based off of things I've dealt with, things I've gone through, um, self-love is very important. Self-care is very important. Um, knowing who you are is very important. Um, taking the necessary steps to even figure out who you are man, is very, very important. And I guess if I had to be a, give any advice, I guess anybody who's struggling with trying to figure out who you are, you're not by yourself, but you're doing a good job by taking these first couple of steps. Real. I agree. I'm glad. Not really advice. More like a. Somebody need to hear that something. though. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody need to hear it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm just glad the computer didn't crash. But I appreciate that. I appreciate you coming. Thank you for sticking through our technical difficulties. It's really not a problem. Did you want to plug anything like, you know, social media? Um, a blog, whatever. My Twitter is um, WYD underscore Liz. I'm eating a cookie right now. I'm sorry. (laughs) WYD underscore Liz. One Z or two Z? Two. Two Z's. Um, My Twitter is A. Yeah, yeah, we'll put that on the page. We'll, we'll too, just tag it's you. Too many that. Easy. <laughs> just, yeah, it's um, lit. Man. Shout out to the family. Y'all know who y'all are. Um, I don't really have anything to plug right now. Oh, no, I do. Hmm. East Moms. So, my homegirl, her name's Candace. When I tell y'all, that girl can put her foot in some shit. Okay. okay. She's got like this catering thing coming over. She does like plates and stuff, and she does them on the weekends. It's her. It's Eat Simone's. Eat Simone's. Yeah, and then um, my homegirl Brittany is having a women's empowerment sipping shop coming up in November. Okay. Hey Brittany. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know Brittany. Uh, let's see who else. Just in. That's pretty much. Oh, and my homegirl Kiki Delta Glow. She's a makeup artist. And that's pretty much it. Everybody else, um, if you don't want to with your lives, congratulations, and I'm rooting for you. I like it. That was real. Yeah, we don't get people to actually plug other people because for some reason that's so hard with us. 
Can't get it. But anyway, that's a topic for another time. Hey, that's another story. I'm no storyteller, but this has been the No Boundaries Podcast, and we thank you for listening. But ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?